Tell me who hath believed, hath believed our report, and to whom is it revealed, the mighty arm of the Lord. Hello, I'm Kathy Davidson. I'd like you to join me and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church here in Plano, Texas, as we minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, which is the power of God. I want to tell you a story about the building where my office is located. It is the headquarters of Water of Life Ministries. It was in the spring of 1980, Doyle, the president of this ministry, was driving down the highway in North Texas to attend a sick horse. It had been 10 years since he sold his large veterinary practice and all his investments at the direction of God. He spent those 10 years learning how to walk by faith with his finances learning to lay hands on the sick and they recover, and learning how to cast out devils. He had become a lay speaker in the Methodist church. But now, as he was driving and praying through a little town called Lincoln Park, the Lord spoke to him. He said, I want you to go to Plano and speak to the people of Plano. Dole considered what God said for a moment and then asked, What do I say? The Lord answered, Read what Paul did at Antioch and you will understand. Acts eleven twenty five and 26 state, Then departed Barnabas to Tarsus to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. It was several months later after receiving the ministry charter that Doyle, with the board of trustees, purchased this building from a local church and they held their first meeting here on January 4th, 1981. Now came the test. Within the agreement to purchase the church, there were to be four large payments. $50,000 as a down payment, $50,000 on January 1st, 1982, $100,000 on January 1st, 1983, and the remainder of the purchase priced to be paid on January 1st, 1984. Monthly payments are also paid on the note. The church paid the down payment, and when the first payment of $50,000 was due on January 1st, 1982, they paid it. Everything was moving along wonderfully. The next large payment was for January 1983 for $100,000. And that wasn't going to be a problem. For you see, in 1982, Dole and his son-in-law, Terry, invested in an oil company. They had some stock that they purchased, and they had some stock that was given to them. In October 1982, the oil company sold. The contracts had been signed, and the final sale of the oil company was to take place on January 10, 1983. Water of Life Church was to receive $123,000 upon the sale of the oil company, more than enough to pay the $100,000 note due. They got permission from that church to pay it on the 10th of the month instead of the 1st. The oil company was being purchased by a person that showed a line of credit of $7 million from the first Midland Bank in Midland, Texas. The money to purchase the oil company, which for Water of Life would have received $123,000, was to come from a loan out of that $7 million line of credit. It looked great, but on January 7, 1983, just three days before the sale, First Midland Bank of Midland, Texas, went into receivership. 
The man that was buying the oil company that Dole had the shares in lost his line of credit and was unable to purchase the company. The money was gone. Dole approached the church and informed them of what had happened and said that he would believe God to pay off that $100,000. As the money came into the church, he would make partial payments. You know, that church that held the church note told Dole several times that they really hated to take his money because they just knew that he was going to lose the church and all the money that he had given them. But Dole didn't stop. As he would receive money, he paid on that $100,000 note. By April, they had paid some $53,000, over half. But the church that they were purchasing from it decided to file for foreclosure. And the property was to be foreclosed on the first Tuesday in May. God had told Doyle to go to Plano and speak to the people in Plano. The people in the congregation had given all they had. There was no more money in this church. Did Doyle hear God? Now his faith was on the line. Was God with him or was he going to go back to be a veterinarian? What do you think? Seven days before the church foreclosed, a man in the congregation received a large inheritance from his grandfather that he didn't even know he was going to receive. Out of that inheritance, he gave this church $50,000. That was all Dole needed to retire the note and pay the legal fees. Again, God had proven that he was with Doyle and this ministry. If you ask Doyle, he'll tell you he learned a valuable lesson about living by faith. You know, he thought that it was a done deal, and it wasn't. He will now tell you, you don't stop believing. You don't stop believing until it is in your hands. Let's begin the program with Terry Mai and the Water of Life boys singing Adoration. Oh 
that you open our eyes that we can see, that you open our hearts like you did for Lydia, that we can attend unto the things which are spoken, that you turn us from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you watch the news or listen to the news at all, you can see what's coming on the earth. And it can be very frightening. In fact, the Bible says that men's hearts will fail them because of what's coming on the earth. But if you have Jesus, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid one minute if you have Jesus. And I want to show you why. I want to show you what is in you. I want to show you that spirit that you have in you. And I'm going to begin in Philippians 2, verse 6. We spoke of this a couple weeks ago. Who? Jesus, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. This is Jesus when he was in heaven. Seven, but made himself of no reputation. That means he emptied himself of all his godly privilege and ability, all his power. He emptied himself and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. 
Verse 8, And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Jesus became a man like you and I. That's why he can be our example, because he was just like us, a man. He had a man's body, but the spirit he had was the spirit of Jesus from heaven. That spirit from heaven, that spirit of Jesus. Do you know that that spirit is in you and I? Let's turn to 1 Corinthians 6, 7. It states, But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. You and I, when we are born again, when we receive Christ, Jesus, we get his spirit. It becomes one with our spirit. Let's take a look at Galatians 4, 6. It states, And because you are sons, God sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. You and I have the spirit of Jesus in us when we received Jesus when we were born again. We have that spirit of Jesus in you, and that spirit became one with our spirit. Now, what did we get when we got that spirit? I spoke some instances last week, some verses of what the Spirit of Jesus, the strength of that Spirit did. And we're going to look at a couple more verses of what the Spirit of Jesus is like, that Spirit that's in you and I. And these verses are when Jesus went to the cross. I'm going to turn to Luke 23, verse 34. Jesus is being crucified. And as he's being crucified, verse 34, it says, Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. They hung the man on a tree. They put nails in his hands and in his feet. Every bone is out of joint. And look at the strength of the Spirit in Jesus. We just read where he humbled himself. That spirit humbled himself and became obedient even to the death of the cross. And now they have hung him on a tree. And what does he say? What does that spirit in him say? He says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Of all the torture that they put on this man, the spirit in him was strong enough to say, Father, forgive them. Forgive them. Do you know that spirit's in you? Do you know that that spirit knows how to forgive when it's the very worst, when it's really bad? That spirit is able to forgive what was done to it, and that spirit is in you. Let's continue down to verse 39. And one of the malefactors, which were hanged, railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly. For we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man has done nothing amiss. Do you remember that? Jesus went to the cross when he had done nothing. He had never sinned. They put him on the cross because of envy. They put him on the cross because they wanted him destroyed. But he went to the cross, humbled himself, and went for us. He became our sin, our poverty, our sickness. 
And this thief said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. That's why Jesus was on the cross for that thief. He was on the cross for our sins. And what did Jesus say to that thief? Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Do you see the strength of that spirit? In the midst of all the pain and all the torture, he let that thief know that he was paying for him and he was going to see paradise that day. Let's turn to John 19, verse 25. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleophas and Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple standing by whom he loved, he said unto his mother, woman, behold thy son. And he said unto the disciple, behold thy mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her into his own home. Jesus, in the midst of crucifixion, had enough wherewithal, enough strength to take care of his mother. That spirit is in you and I. Let's look at John 19, verse 28. And after this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Look at this verse again closely. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, how did he know? Because he knew from a child where he was headed. He could read the scriptures. He knew who he was. He knew what was ahead of him. He knew the cross was ahead of him. He knew he was going to be crucified. He had read in the Psalms about his own death. He read in the Psalms what was going to happen to him on the tree. He already knew that every bone of his was going to be broken. He knew they were going to cast lots for his vesture. They knew that he was going to be thirsty and that they were going to give him vinegar to drink. He knew that his heart was going to be like wax. He knew he was on his way to hell. He knew this long before he went to the cross. And yet the strength of that spirit went. He humbled himself. That spirit of Jesus, that Jesus from heaven, that spirit in a man's body had enough strength to humble himself and go to the cross for you and I. That is the spirit of in us. That is the strength of that spirit. And in that strength, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture had to be fulfilled, he said, I thirst. He knew he had to take the vinegar. He knew he had to fulfill the scripture. Now there was set a vessel full of vinegar and they filled a sponge with vinegar and put it upon hyssop and put it to his mouth. And then in verse 30, when Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and look at this and gave up the ghost. He said, it is finished. He knew that everything he had to accomplish was accomplished. And he said, it's finished. The work on the cross for you and I was finished. And look at these words. 
He bowed his head and gave up the ghost. They couldn't kill him. Every bone out of joint. Marred more than any man. Whipped a crown of thorns. Beaten. But they couldn't kill him. He gave up the ghost. That is the strength of that spirit. They couldn't kill him. He gave up the ghost. And he didn't give up the ghost. He didn't die until he was sure that everything that needed accomplished for us on the cross was accomplished. That is the strength of that spirit. That is the spirit that's in you and I. That's why we don't have to be afraid. You know, I'll share a testimony of how I yielded to that spirit in a situation. It was one time when I was teaching. I was talking to an assistant and I mentioned an administrator that I thought had done a good work for my grade level. And the assistant stopped me and she said, Kathy, I know what you think, but this administrator is not your friend. She said she has been saying some awful things about you behind your back, and she says she wants to get rid of you. You know, at first I was hurt. I didn't know what I had done that upset her so much. But I knew what the Word of God directs us to do. Jesus spoke of it in Matthew 5, and it starts in verse 44. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. That you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good. And sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. Would Jesus ask us to do something that he himself has not done? No. So what did I do? I went to prayer. I blessed her every time I remembered the situation. I thanked God for her. I prayed for her. I forgave her. And I blessed her just like these verses say. I said, I bless her in Jesus' name. I bless her, Father. I bless her. I did good when I could, and I prayed for her. About four weeks later, I stepped out of my classroom, and a teacher stopped me. She said, Kathy, did you hear about this administrator? I said, no. She said, she's just been transferred. She didn't request it, and she wasn't even expecting it. Boy, is she upset. You know, I thanked that teacher, and I went back into my empty classroom, and I closed the door. I realized that God had answered my prayer, that I didn't get offended in her, but I obeyed the word of God. I yielded to that spirit in me. And God worked on my behalf and removed her from my school. I didn't have to work for her again. God is for us. And his word tells us what to do. And that spirit is in us. And it is capable of obeying that word through us. Trust in it. Trust in that spirit. Believe that gospel. Do you have that spirit of Jesus in you? Would you like to be born again? Would you like to have that spirit in you? It is really not that difficult. 
If you go to Romans 10, verse 9, that if thou confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shall be saved. Verse 10, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Verse 13, for whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever, whosoever, that means you. And you can't call on a dead man. You have to believe that Jesus was raised from the dead, that he is alive right now and that he hears you. And when you do, he will receive you and you will partake of his spirit. Let's finish the program with Kevin, Carl, and Denny Hurley ministering a song that they wrote, Psalm 23. My God is able to set me a table in the midst of my enemies. Fear had no hold. He anointed my head, my cup runneth over. In my weakest hour, He restored my soul. The Lord is my shepherd, to want shall I never. Leaves me wherever the still waters flow. He'll bring us to Zion where the lamb and the lion lay down in a place milk and honey shall flow. Day though I walk through the shadows of death, I know thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, giving me comfort. As he leads me on, guiding my steps along his righteous path. The Lord is my shepherd, to what shall I never? He leads me wherever the still waters flow. He'll bring us to Zion, where the lamb and the lion lay down in a place milk and honey shall grow. Goodness and mercy shall follow me surely All the days of my life from here evermore For the shepherd doth lead me and him will I follow Forever I'll dwell in the house of the Lord The Lord is my shepherd to what shall I never Leads me wherever the still waters flow. He'll bring us to Zion where the lamb and the lion lay down in a place milk and honey shall flow. Goodness and mercy shall follow me surely all the days of my life from here evermore. For the shepherd doth lead me, and him will I follow. Forever I'll dwell in the house of the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd, to what shall I never? He leads me wherever the still waters flow. He'll bring us to Zion, where the lamb and the lion down in a place milk and honey shall flow. He'll bring us to Zion where the 
Thank you for joining me and the musicians from Water of Life Church. I would love to hear from you. You may reach me by email at Kathy, K-A-T-H-I-E, at Kathy Davidson, W-O-L.com, or you may write me at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, P.O. Box 861327, Plano, Texas, 75086. You may find me on the Internet at www.kathydavidsonwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.